Hello and welcome, brother friends. Uh, this is a special podcast, <laughs> if I do say so myself, uh, of a quick recap and review of um, Impact Rebellion. Uh, just knocked it over then and thought I'd do a quick little um, recap and review of it. We don't, I feel like we don't talk about Impact enough for a promotion that Matt and I are both really into and both really appreciate what they were. Well, I feel like we do tend to talk about them quite a bit in a very condescending manner, and I, I kind of want to stop doing that, especially when people involved in Impact were coming out and, and talking about how proud they were of the promotion after this uh, pay-per-view, and I can absolutely see why. It feels like a culmination of the last... Um, two years of work at least. Um, I'm not sure how long Scott and um, uh, Callis and everyone have been involved in uh, Impact. I know it's been a few years. I remember Jericho mentioning it on, on Talk is Jericho, baby, um, that uh, some of his old friends uh, had taken over impact and I was like in my head I was like oh Jesus Christ now you're like old school Canadian wrestlers that no one's ever heard of taking over impact but they've done an amazing job they they, they really have it Matt made them his uh, promotion of the year last year which I think no I, I think he was genuine I think he was he was genuine it wasn't um it was like it's not like we sat down before our awards and we're like, well, you know, one of us has to pick someone who's not AEW. We can't just have AEW everything, which we didn't. I had a whole bunch of WWE for some bizarre reason. Anyway, um, let's go through Rebellion. Um, I, I said um, in our little preview that we did on our AEW show, which is, is probably not enough credence. That, this is my point. We we do so many shows as it is already. We're only a two-man operation, and um, you know, just a peek behind the curtain, uh, Matt has a family and a job um, and is about to you know, buy a house and do very adult things, and I'm studying two different degrees. Well, I'm actually going to be in four weeks' time. I'll be doing four different, uh, three different courses, a bachelor's degree, uh, a teaching diploma, and um, uh, some uh, arts global improv comedy classes doing classes so the two of us are doing a lot um, and it, it's really hard when you don't have um, yeah but places like uh, wrestle talk and, and what culture and all those sort of things are, are brilliant um, but they have a they have people and you know they will have someone who just edits and they'll have someone who just does video and someone who looks after the Patreon, you know, so everyone can, you know, watch all the wrestling. And even then they won't do impact and stuff like that because it's not <laughs> financially viable. So um, if you're an impact fan and you're, you're listening to us for the first time, I'll make a deal with you. If NWA power, doesn't get any better in the next two weeks, I will drop power as our show, as our second show, and I will pick up impact because the, the quality the quality of their show is is so consistent. Um, and there's 
so much crossover with AEW, which is our main kind of show that we review. I think it probably makes more sense to have an Impact show than an NWA show. Um, it'll probably just be me on my own. Uh, you know, um, yeah, Matt has a wife and a child and you know, serious responsibilities. He can't be watching two to three hours of wrestling every day. Um, anyway, I can, and that's why we're about to recap the <laughs> Impact Rebellion pay-per-view. The first match was the X Division title match. Uh, between TJP, Ace Austin, and uh, Josh Alexander. Josh Alexander got the win here. Uh, the next match after that was an eight-man tag team match. Uh, James Storm, Chris Saban, Eddie Edwards, and Willie Mack, the, uh, essentially the Impact All-Stars uh, versus Barlow by design. Um, there's a bit to this match. Violent by design got the win, but we'll go through that. A, a big literally and figuratively signing uh, appeared in this match uh, and I was pretty excited about it. Um, Brian Myers got the win in the Matt Cordona uh, versus Brian Myers grudge match that I have a bit of a problem with the storytelling, but we'll get to that in a second. Uh, Tony Khan Scott um, cut a great promo where they decide that there'll be two refs in the main event, which was a... Uh, Preemptive swerve, but again, we'll get to that in a second. Uh, Fire and Flavor versus uh, Rachel Ellering and Jordan Grace. Uh, Grace and Ellering get the win for the, uh, I'm just going to say women's tag team titles and women's heavyweight championship, though I, I don't like knockouts. I just don't. I think it's a reductive title. I think it's the kind of thing that, you know, was reductive in 2003. So um, I'm just not going to use it. Uh, and it's shit as well, you know. Like what's next, a butterfly belt? Uh, Sammy Callahan versus Trey Miguel. Miguel gets the win in this one. Uh, Rich Swan cuts a great babyface promo, which uh, flows into Finn Juice versus the Good Brothers, and Finn Juice retain the Impact titles. Very surprised with that. Uh, Deanna Perazzo uh, defends her women's championship match against Tennille Dash, uh, her, t- her women's championship belt against Tennille Dashwood. Uh, and then in the big one, Kenny Omega gets uh, gets the win over Rich Swan in a, uh, a belter of a, <laughs> pardon the pun, a belter of a belt match. Um just go through my thoughts for for each match is probably the easiest way to do this. Just a nice quick little recap and review show. But it's also kind of an announcement podcast that I think we'll be swapping from NWA to Impact uh, in the next couple of weeks. I need to run that by Matt, who is not uh, in town at the moment. Um, But uh, I think that's probably the way to go. Um, In the X Division match, I really like Ace Austin. I think he's a star. Uh, the commentary throughout this whole pay-per-view uh, with Matt Stryker and D'Lo Brown and then later on with uh, Morello, uh, uh, Moro Ranello, I'm so used to calling him MR from our old podcast that I might get his name wrong and I apologise for that. Brilliant. Uh, anyone who listens to any of our com- uh, commentary podcasts <laughs> might as well be uh, a wrestling podcast 
know that I talk about commentators a lot. It's something that I notice a lot when it's great. I love it when it's shit. I get very angry. <laughs> and, um, and this was superb. I've always really liked Matt Stryker as a commentator. Um, I know he can be convoluted at times and take the long way round, but he, what he does do is he is always telling the story. He's always putting the story that the wrestlers want to tell over. He doesn't go into business for himself outside of trying to make himself probably a little more intelligent than needs be, but that's fine. That's fine. That's him making a character choice kind of, but he is essentially doing his job. D'Lo Brown is a really good commentator, as a colour commentator as well. And another one of those guys that, you know, it's never the people that you think um, who are going to be the good commentators, you know. <laughs> like uh, D'Lo Brown, I'm just not in a million Sundays would I guess that he is maybe the best colour commentator in America. I got... <laughs> I'm finding myself saying that sentence and I can't think of anyone. Excalibur's probably a play-by-play, so I'm not, you know, but there's definitely no one in AEW who's doing better work than him at the moment. I mean, Jericho, when he's on commentary, is great. Uh, Don Callis, again, when he is on commentary, is great. Um, But, yeah, I think I'm going to stick by that statement. Anyway, it just it stuck out like a sore thumb. I I really do not like the commentary uh, on AEW a lot of the time. Um, and uh, that's mainly because of JR and his laziness and, and attitude that just pours out of his mouth every time he opens it. Um, and these guys were, they were there, they were present, they were in it, uh, and it just comes across and it, it, it just gives a crispness, a crispness and a professionalism to um, a broadcast that is just so welcome. Um, you know, it, it's some, It's one of the few areas that AEW is, is highly deficient in. And, um, yeah, I'd be, if I was Tony Khan, I wouldn't be worrying about nicking any of the wrestlers. I'd be looking at their commentary desk <laughs> uh, and stealing both of those guys. Um, this is good tech, uh, rope, mat wrestling. Uh, the only problem with this match was a little short. I could have had more of it, especially sort of considering some of the matches that came later on in the card. Um, I'm surprised Ace Austin lost this belt uh, to to Josh Alexander. Um, Hopefully means that Ace Austin's moving up the card. I think he should. Um, He might be going somewhere else. Uh, I think Ace Austin has all the ability in the world to be a great heel. Um, Josh Alexander, worthy winner, has been an impact for a long time. Uh, is, a, is a He's better than a good hand. He's a good wrestler. I don't know really kind of what his character is besides good wrestler, um, which is probably why I'm slightly disappointed. You know, like if you're going to – I mean, it can't be TJP again. Um, as the the belt holder, I just anyway, it was an interesting choice, and that's fine. You know they'll do something with that story. Um, so you know I trust Impact to do the right thing with the story. Just interesting. Just it's not what I would have done. That's all I'm saying. Um, you know, and it's my podcast, and you guys are listening for my opinion. So I'm bloody giving it to you. Um. 
So yeah, the next match, uh, we the replacement for Eric Young, who is who is legitimately injured, uh, is Morrissey or W Morrissey, I think is his official name. I think they probably by law have had to put that W in there. So a uh, Stephen Patrick Morrissey, I think that's his right name. Doesn't um move over to America and is that a good Morrissey? And sue someone. Uh, anyway, Morrissey, if you don't know, is Big Cass from WWE who um, had the world in his hands with Enzo Amore and then anything that could go wrong went fucking wrong uh, for both of those guys. A lot of it's self-inflicted. There's a lot of, um, especially with Enzo Amore, a lot of people in the wrestling community who do not want anything to do with him. I think Big Cass or Morrissey now, as we're going to have to get used to calling him, is probably a different situation. He had some drug and alcohol dependency issues. Uh, he went to DDP because what do you do when you're a wrestler and you're in trouble and you want to fix yourself? You go to fucking DDP. It's a, his success rate is phenomenal. The, the man is, you know, He's, uh, I, I don't, I mean, you know, it, it keeps coming up because I've only recently watched it, but you watch the Jake the Snake documentary and it's a little convoluted at times because it is always, you know, it's all, very American in the way of like, you know, well, the way you feel better is by doing DDP yoga available now, $29.95 a month. Um, but if you put that to one side, he's a he's obviously a um, a huge like a, a big hearted person who gives a shit. And um, I, I saw some Instagram posts because I follow DDP on on Instagram, and I saw Big Cass hanging out at DDP's house, and I was like, oh well, that's good that you know he's he's got a mentor or someone to help him, you know, along the line. I I. I'd be interested to know if Big Cass went through the full Jake the Snake, you know, staying at DDP's, what does he call that house, the House of Honesty or the Honesty Pips or something like that, <laughs> sort of some wrestling wrestler-type name, of, you know, like the Steel Cage of Honesty. Um, but anyway, Big Cass is uh, signed with Impact called Morrissey now, and I think that's great. I think that's a great fit. Um, I don't know if he would have fit in with AEW, but I think he's a great fit for Impact, especially for now. And it probably allows him to learn his chops again uh, and, and, and maybe improve any technique issues that he has and stuff. He still doesn't look 100% comfortable in the ring. Um, you know, that was never his big kind of strength. Uh, it was in ring work. It was more the fact that he's seven foot tall and he can't teach that. Um, it'll be interesting to see if Enzo Moray shows up on Impact. I think if other people can work with those guys and Enzo Moray isn't, you know, attacking anyone or being vile, um, you know, it's money. It's money you're leaving on the table, uh, not having those guys on TV if you, if you can. But um, we'll see. We'll see on my new Impact podcast, and I'm almost certainly think I'm going to do. The more I keep reviewing this show, the more it feels right, and uh, the more I think I'm just going to do it. Um, 
because, yeah, powers. Very difficult to watch at the moment. Well, maybe I'll do both. Who knows? Anyway. Um, uh, Matt Stryker Smith's references were on point. Uh, D'Lo Brown, not so much, uh, quoting The Cure. Uh, yeah, Morrissey was not the lead singer of The Cure, although that would be interesting to hear. Uh, I'm always impressed by Willie Mack uh, as a talent and a personality whenever I see him. Um, there's some good fun spots in this match. Uh, as I said, yeah, I think it's a really good signing for, for both parties, for, for Morrissey, a.k.a. Big Cass, and for Impact, I think it's going to be. I think it's a really good business decision for, for both parties. Matt Cordona versus Brian Myers. I, you know, I just don't believe these two actual best friends, and when I say actual best friends, I mean they own a business together. They do like five podcasts. I think it's literally five podcasts a week or five YouTube shows a week. Like they've just launched like a podcast network together. Um, it's all about like wrestling. Like they do, I think two or three about wrestling, different wrestling toys and stuff. I mean, they're fun guys. I really like both of them. I, I don't think either of them got a fair um, crack at a whip at, at at WWE, and it's not that I don't want to see them in Impact. I think they could do great things in Impact. The only thing about this storyline is they haven't earned the um, believability that these two don't like each other <laughs> because it just, Matt Cordona appeared and Brian Myers for no reason, you know, for no reason at all. And even up until this match, there was still... Real no, there was really no reason why Brian Myers was like, I hate you, Matt Cordona, who I do five podcasts with and live in the same house. And I mean, they don't live in the same house, but they might as well. Anyway, um, both of these guys were trained by Mikey Whipwreck. There's a cool little, cool little fact that I found out. Uh, thanks to D'Lo Brown, or was it Matt Striker? Either way, they're both great commentators. Sign them, Tony Khan. Uh, Brian Myers uh, with some of the worst ring. Yeah, sorry, I'm just reading my own notes here. Brian Myers had some of the worst ring gear I've seen in a long time. It was this sort of like matte silver one piece uh, with boots that just didn't quite work. Uh, check them out if you're looking for probably what not to do um, when it comes to picking ring gear. I did really like the ending of this match, though. I, this is me being a bit of a noob when it comes to these things, but I, I could not tell if Cardona had legitimately hurt his knee because when you look at the replay, his leg did buckle and he has had knee surgery before in the past. So I wasn't sure whether it was for real or whether Cardona sold it really well um, or uh, and they and they carried on, or it was a work. But either way, props to both guys because if they if that was a planned spot, it was done immaculately well. Um, and if it wasn't, they carried on. That's amazing bravery, which wrestler which the wrestlers do all the time without us even noticing. And we sit on Twitter and bitch about ring gear and booking decisions and blah 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 blah. And, and these guys legitimately put their health and well-being on the line every week for us to sit on our fat asses and stuff Doritos in our mouths <laughs> um, for entertainment. So uh, Brian Myers taking advantage of Matt Cordona's injury. Now, now, 
there's a reason for these two to not like each other. Um, you know, you can you can play two ways and make donors like, well, I hate you as much as you hate me for no reason now. Um, and Brian Myers can be like, well, you're just jealous because I won and blah, blah. So now, the, now I feel like the whole, if they carry on the feud, which I think they probably will, it makes sense to me now. But the, no one can tell me that the first four to six weeks of this feud made any sense. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, the Tony Khan and, and Scott promo uh, was great. It was good to see the two of them interact. Uh, TK's impact character is great, and he's actually a really good promo. Um, I'm glad he's staying off camera on Dynamite, <laughs> but he's good, he, you know. There is always an opportunity to have, uh, you know, Mr. Khan as an authority figure if we need to at some point. Um, yeah, the women's tag match. Uh, Ellering looks like another good signing for Impact. Um, there was a lot. There was a, a lot in a, of this in a few matches where we've got uh, in the eight-man tag match, this was happening a lot. We've got more than one person in the ring for ages, you know, for like a minute and a half where people are doing moves and stuff, and the refs is kind of like, hey, guys, come on, stop it. Yeah, I, I, you know I don't like it when there's more than who the people who should be in the ring are in the ring. Disqualify them. You know, <laughs> like either the wrestlers have to plan the matches out within the rules or the ref has to disqualify them. I mean, yes, you can bend it a little bit to entertain, but it's still meant to give the the appearance of being a sport. Right? We can't just let, Jesus, I sound more and more like Jim Cornette every episode of this, <laughs> this podcast, but he's right and I'm right. You can't just let all the rules disappear. There has to be structure. It's like if you're, if you're writing a screenplay or a novel or anything, I know a lot of people probably think that you just sit down and write. I know I did before I started learning how to do it properly, but you can't. Otherwise, it's just is a pile of shit that just trails off into nowhere. A lot like these podcasts. Um, but even with our podcasts, we have, you know, we have structures that we, you know, we have uh, uh, rundowns. God, I've completely blanked on the name as I was lecturing the world about <laughs> structure of things. But there needs to be. And the good thing about telling stories in wrestling is that the structure's already there. You know, it's an opponent versus an opponent. There's a referee who will dictate the rules and here are the rules. So, you know, a lot of the storytelling tools are already there. The problem is that a lot of the wrestlers seem to see them and see those things as inhibiting being able to tell a story. And it's actually... From, from the outside looking in, it looks like they're things that could help tell stories. Anyway, um, yeah, it was another interesting change in the titles. I thought Flavor and Fire were doing a really good job as the champs. Um, anyway, we'll see what happens with that. Um, the Sammy Callahan trade Miguel match, it was a little tame for Sammy Callahan, um, but it didn't mean it wasn't entertaining. Um, uh, that's. I will say there was one spot where uh, Sammy appeared to break Miguel's back on the leg of the table, which was absolutely phenomenal. I'd, I'd never seen anything like that before. Uh, Sammy puts Miguel over. He's just the 
the engine room of impact, right? Like you just whoever needs to look good in a match and look tough and get put over, Sammy will do the do the job. Um Rich Swan cuts a really great baby face promo where he just talked about how he's going to do it for impact and he's the underdog and no one thinks he can win, but that's why he will and blah, 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 blah. Uh, The next match was kind of my biggest disappointment for the night and not in a way where I thought it was terrible, but the Finn Juice versus the Good Brothers, I just thought it was a bit lackluster considering the guys who are in the ring. Um, Just sort of felt like a paint-by-numbers match. I am really interested in the booking that Finjuice will continue to be the Impact Champions. I assume that means it's probably because you're going to have the Good Brothers on Dynamite more and the travel's a bit of a pain in the ass. maybe. I don't, I don't know. Um, or it's just better, you know, for the story. They want to keep that New Japan relationship up. I mean, it... It is really cool that you've got these New Japan stars on Impact wrestling. You know, it's kind of, I mean, it's only been a couple of months where we've been had the where we've had this cross promotional stuff going on, and it's very easy to take it grant to take it for granted already. Um, and I was really excited for this match and very happy to see it again. Um, but I just thought it was a bit lackluster, which is you know a bit of a shame. Um, the Perezzo Dashwood match, the girls beat the shit out of, out of each other in this match. I really enjoyed it. Uh, Perezzo retains. I would really like to see Tanil win the belt sooner rather than later. I'm not saying uh, Perezzo needs, needs to give up her belt immediately, but I think Tanil Dashwood, I, I thought Tanil Dashwood had, I think she has something. Um, I think when she was playing that sort of airhead, uh, bubbly character in NXT. She was one of my favourite wrestlers going around. Um, and then we all know that she got fucked around by Vince because he just tried to slap the, you know, that dumb blonde, sexy blonde thing that he does with every single half-decent-looking girl wrestler, you know. I mean, there's a tag team, the Dana, the Dana Brooke, Mandy, uh, Mandy Rose, uh, tag team at the moment. I mean, that, that's just the most Vince thing. You know, the, the fact that people were confusing them at WrestleMania was just Vince's dream. It was like, oh, they all look the same. Um, and I think that Tennille's, you know, it's all about me gimmick that she's been doing on the indies and a little bit in AW and an impact and stuff is great. Um, I think she could ramp up being a bit more of a cunt heel you know like she at the moment she's a bit sort of like funny heel and she has the ability to be funny but i would like to see her just be a badass bitch you know um and i definitely think she's got the ability to do not not saying tenille's not a nice person but you can just tell from her chops her acting chops so far that she could she could do that and do that really well anyway the reason why we are all here is the rich swan kenny omega match this felt like a huge match by the time it started. I was really into it. Uh, the addition of uh, Morello, uh, MR, <laughs> on commentary uh, was great. It's amazing how into a wrestling match you can be when you believe in the meaning behind it, the story behind it. 
this was told really well on Impact's end. Um, I don't know if I can give AEW the same props, but it's being a little harsh because Tony Khan and Tony Schiavone, uh, Schiavone, Schiavone, why can't I say anyone's names anymore? Tony Schiavone uh, <laughs> were on Impact every week and, and the Good Brothers were crossing us across and all that sort of thing. But the majority of this story, this is an Impact storyline. Um, and I think Pete, I think we probably just have to see it that way, and that's how it's going to be. Yes, Kenny's on both shows, but when he's on Dynamite, he's just dealing with his Dynamite stories, and when he's on Impact, it's Impact. And I don't think we're going to get. I think Impact are going to promote AEW more than AEW going to promote Impact, and I can only imagine that that is coming from TNT because I don't know why AW wouldn't do it and I don't think Impact would continue to keep doing it if AW would just ignore them. Uh, they're going to have to mention Impact this week. They just have to because it, uh, the storyline of the belt collector um, really doesn't mean anything if it's not resonating in AW as well. I'm somehow turning this really positive main event into a negative, but I just I worry I just worry about dickheads in suits at TNT going, oh well, why are you talking about this other wrestling show on another station? Blah blah. blah. It's like, look, you don't understand the product. This is what the fans want. Shut the fuck up. Let us do it, <laughs> and uh, get out of the way. I just hope that's what ends up happening. Uh, and look. Impact and AEW have not really given anyone any reason to be worried, you know. Um, if the worst thing we get is that AEW aren't mentioning Impact as, as much as we would all like, then it's still, you know, it's not the worst problem in the world. Um, I thought we were going to get an Audrey uh, Edwards heel turn, which I would have hated. Um, but when she grabbed the chair out of Kenny's hands, all was well. I really like Kenny being pretty dominant in the second half of this match, um, which was a really, really good match. Uh, the storytelling of just the B trigger after B trigger after B trigger, just what, just he knew, you know, the story being told that Kenny knows that the only way to beat Rich Swan is to just grind him down because he'll keep getting back up. So you've just got to. You know, he's iron-willed Rich Swan, so you've just got to keep hitting the just keep hitting those B triggers until he literally cannot get back up. Then a one-winged angel, bang. You know, uh, I thought that was good. I, I like Rich Swan sort of being on top a little bit early on, and then Kenny Omega just, uh, you know, just getting over, just being the best bout machine, just getting over the top of him and being dominant. Um. And this was, and Swan was all heart baby face, you know, keep getting back up and blah, 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 and knocking down. Like, Rich Swan didn't look weak in this match at all. No, I think it's, in fact, if anything, it's probably the making of him. I know that sounds bizarre because he lost the belt and all that kind of thing, but he's now a major player in on, in world wrestling, you know. Like, he was, he was Kenny Omega's opponent at Impact Rebellion. And, uh, and, at some point, he will get that belt back. 
um, I think. Maybe. Maybe it'll be Morrissey. Who knows? Anyway, um, Ritzwan. Ritzwan's a made man. Uh, but this is the right booking. Matt and I talked a little bit on our AEW episode last week that we were worried that maybe this might, um, not that we would get a screwy finish, but, uh, yeah, I suppose it would be a screwy finish. There was a DQ or something like that. Um, you know, interference, someone appears, or someone from New Japan or whatever, and it, it, there's a DQ, you can't lose the belt by a DQ, something like that. And, and so, you know, equilibrium remains and everyone's hunky-dory. Um, but, yeah, this is great. The fact that Kenny Omega can go around with still four belts now, uh, AAA, um, the two impact belts and, and AEW. Um, I was sure that they were going to leave one of the impact belts on impact, so they had a belt to, to go after. But, yeah, it looks like Kenny Omega's just going to be on impact now. Um, barely. He'll barely be on it, I'm sure. But anyway, another reason to be doing an impact podcast rather than an NWA one, I reckon. But anyway, uh, as always with impact, and I was saying this last week, and, and it's uh, the same again, and it's actually a real pleasure to do a, a, a podcast on them, a review on them, is everything's just a good, solid, professional outing with impact i think this is the fourth or fifth pay-per-view i've watched of theirs in this many months um and they're always just well done well told stories there's never really any matches that you're like oh that was awful i mean you could if you're being hypercritical you could say that the at the other end of the card there aren't a hell of a lot of matches that are five star dave Meltzer classics but that's okay. You don't need that all the time. I, when you watch uh, like Raw at the moment, <laughs> see how drastically terrible that is, or how wayward NWA is at the moment. To have a solid three, three and a half star out of five episode of Impact every week is quite welcome, I think. Um, especially if you if you if the two shows you watched each week were Dynamite and Impact, I think you'd be quite happy with your wrestling diet. And I think that's probably what I'm going to be moving to. So um, yeah, should I just lock it in? I feel like I've already convinced myself by the end of this podcast, guys, that I'm just going to do an Impact show. <laughs> I think that's probably what we'll do. I think that's what we're going to do. Um, yeah, so it'll probably just be like a short you know, 10, 15-minute podcast from myself where I recap the show and review it. Um, but I think for my own sanity, uh, listening numbers, and um, you know, there's probably more Impact fans out there than there are NWA fans. Um, that's what I'll do. And then if NWA pick up their game, maybe I'll do an NWA show as well. I don't know. Anyway, uh, yeah. If you've enjoyed this, um, just tell your friends. That's the best, um, you know, the best way to, to help us out. You can share us on the socials, let your friends know. Um, we're at WrestleWolf on uh, on everything, I think, or at WrestleWolfPod. Um, you can find us on, on Twitter. Um, actually, I'll bring that up now. 
just so I can give you the exact handle. This is very professional, Damien. It's at WrestleWolfPod on Twitter. Uh, yeah, uh, you can find us there. We're on Instagram. We are on Facebook. Um, yeah, if you just look it up, uh, or I'll put it in the show notes. I'll put them in the show notes. How about that? That makes more sense. Uh, anyway, uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting us. Uh, really good pay-per-view. Can't wait to see what happens with Kenny Omega and Rich Swan moving forward. Uh, well done to everybody involved. Um, and until next time, brother friends, Pepe is dead. <laughs>